ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald. Well, today we have an amazing show for you. This is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Game Changer Network. And whether you are a corporate executive or you're an entrepreneur or you're an author or a coach, we have the show for you because we're going to be talking about how to use the podcast format as a way to establish your expertise. And our guest today literally wrote the book on the topic. And her name is Jessica Rhodes, and Jessica wrote a book called Rock the Podcast from Both Sides of the Mic. Jessica, welcome. Tiki, thank you so much for having me on your show today. Well, you were just the perfect guest for me, my dear. And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. so funny. I was trying to think of a parallel uh, to what is going to happen here this morning, because here I've been doing this for nine years, but I don't do it as a business and everything in me mm-hmm. wants to jump to one of the last chapters of your book of how to monetize and market <laughs> your podcast, but we're yeah. going to, I'm going to restrain myself and, and we're going to take mm-hmm. this logically. So yeah. anyway, I, I so appreciate you making yourself available. And I also honor, uh, and I want to call out the fact that you, uh, you are a mom and you, mm-hmm. Spend your Fridays with your kids, and we normally do the recording of the show on Friday, and you did tell our, our producer that you wanted to be on the show, but that it was really important that you honor that commitment to your kids, and, and I just want to call you out on that because uh, a lot of people don't do that, so uh, good for you. Bravo. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, I, I try to have a good balance between my kids and the business, and the, it's really easy for the business to suck up the whole week. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I live that one. So I totally, I totally yeah. get that. And we, we were doing a little bit of intros at the beginning of this and, and just to give you a framework because we didn't get all the way into this. I, I have had a consulting company for 20 years, actually wow. 21 now, and I have been doing what I have for a long time called my radio show, right? For almost 10 years now. And I've been struggling lately with whether to call myself a podcaster or mm-hmm. to remain as as what I have called a radio show host. Mm-hmm. And so is that, your that's show one of the on topics. iTunes? My show is on iTunes. It's on Blog Talk Radio. It's available on my own uh, channel, thegamechanger.network. So mm-hmm. um, I I am about to make the shift, I think. But but this call is is a a seminal one for me because it, it's kind of the wake up call of taking a look at what I've been doing for a long time and and mm-hmm. uh, figuring out how to tweak my own presence, which I have used very much like you talk about in the book, really as positioning yourself as an expert in a particular mm-hmm. field. So before we uh, dive into the actual book, I really would love for you to tell your story. Uh, I was reading the intro to your book, which was written by your dad, which I, I found really mm-hmm. poignant. Um, <laughs> so, so talk to us a little bit about Jessica. Sure. Well, I started uh, my business about four years ago. And the big motivation for me was to be a stay-at-home mom. I was pregnant with my first child, and I was working a 
job at a nonprofit organization, and if anyone listening has ever worked in nonprofit, you know the hours are long and the pay is pretty low. So you do it out of passion for the work. And when I got pregnant, there was a switch that just flipped in me and that I my priority really shifted to how can I be the best mom that I believe I can be. And so for me, it was leaving my job and being a home-based parent. Um, and so I needed an income. So I talked to my parents about it. My dad's an entrepreneur and he has an online-based business. And I just said, you know, I want to be a, and I didn't even think about starting an online business. I just knew I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I thought maybe I would work at like a restaurant at night. So my husband works during the day and um, but that wasn't really, that wasn't the right path for me. So my dad said, why don't you start a virtual assistant business because you can have a home-based income, you can set your own hours. So I followed his lead and I, he became my first client actually. So I was a virtual assistant in my dad's business and that's what kind of opened my eyes to marketing and online entrepreneurship and booking him for podcast interviews was one of the first tasks that I did in his business. And I started doing that for some other clients as well. And we're talking about 2013, um, spring of 2013, and podcasting was really starting to explode with small business owners and entrepreneurs. And at the time, nobody was booking podcast interviews for business owners. Everyone, you know, pretty much booked themselves. Maybe some people had their virtual assistants book them for interviews. But for the most part, when I was pitching my clients as guest experts, podcasters were like, whoa, there's somebody who does this? <laughs> now, you know, you can't look left or right without being a booking person for podcasts. So I created interviewconnections.com so that I could niche down in my business and really focus on the service I was offering that was scalable and that I could grow big enough to a point where I could hire team members and increase my revenue without increasing the number of hours that I worked. Right, right. Well, that is so smart. And, you know, I talk to people all the time about that particular topic of, you know, I will hear somebody say, well, you know, I'm going to leave my corporate job and I'm going to go out on my own. And as I've said many times on this show, entrepreneurs are the only ones who work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week for somebody else. And you know, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I resemble that remark. But also in my own life, I came to the point 10 years ago where I was tired of trading uh, services and, and my time for money because there mm -hmm. is a limit to that. And if you don't have a business mm -hmm. vision that helps you grow beyond that, um, you know, you're, you're every bit the prisoner that you were, uh, you know, to whether it's a nonprofit job or a corporate job, uh, you know, but just something that you have to go to every day. Mm -hmm. um, but this whole notion of, of taking this uh, relative, you know, I mean, you can call it a new genre, but it, it really is mm -hmm. just a new delivery mechanism for the same right. thing that has been around for years. And again, I mentioned my own personal struggle from a marketing perspective of, you know, I, I am close to 60. So for me, talking about being a radio show host has a certain amount of credibility and it has a, uh, you know, something that's recognizable, certainly to my own generation, right? Mm -hmm. But to talk about being a podcaster all of a sudden opens up the market and maybe contracts it slightly smaller at the top end, right, of the mm -hmm. age spectrum of, of mm -hmm. uh, you know, older individuals who maybe don't understand the podcast genre. 
Um, so mm-hmm. let's let's talk a little bit about that because uh, you know at the end of this show I need to make a decision yeah. of of whether to remove the word radio show from all of my marketing. I don't think you have to do that. <laughs> I think that you know it's funny because there is a big conversation in the podcasting industry specifically about do we call it a podcast? Do we not call it a podcast? And I just like to call things shows because that's really what they all are. I mean, podcasting, you know, the word podcast will define it as a a show that gets distributed through an RSS feed. But at the end of the day, it's about, it's a a show, whether you call it a radio show, an online radio show, a podcast, you're delivering an entertaining and educating and an educational show to your target audience. And I think what you call it is, is, uh, not as important. And I, you know, I like when people call it, you know, glam, like radio shows or, um, you know, just a show or a podcast show, whatever makes the most sense to your audience, I think is what you right. definitely should stick with. Well, and, and again, the whole notion of having a show, and, and I started this show 10 years ago, actually under uh, a couple of different brand names. I, I launched the channel on Blog Talk Radio, which was the first vehicle that I used mm-hmm. to deliver uh, the show content. And as we were talking about before the show started, it was a great vehicle because you immediately were available to a million unique visitors a month You know, if they found your topic interesting. Um, right. But you really couldn't make any money. So it wasn't about mm-hmm. the money side of things. And and fortunately for me, although my husband would beg to differ, you know, this has never <laughs> been a money-making uh, exercise for me. It has been reinforcing that power of celebrity and positioning uh, because I got to leverage the celebrity of my guests, right? Right. So, and and I have just written a book, which is called The Game Changer, which, of course, is now the new name of my radio show as well, because that's who I am as as a consultant, right? My 20-year my mm-hmm. consulting business has been all about innovation and changing the game. And you can change the game in a lot of ways. And, you know, one of the ways that you can change your game is leveraging what you know and and I think this this whole notion of doing it from both sides of the mic is is also very very interesting, because mm-hmm. I've encouraged people to actually deploy the use of a radio show format or a podcast format instead of that dreaded webinar, which I <laughs> hate that term. And and yeah. there was a a day a couple of years ago that I was sitting in a Starbucks and I was in you know, kind of one of those corner groupings where, you know, they've got the comfy chairs and those are kind of going away because people stay in them too long. I think Starbucks has realized that. (laughs) But uh, these two women walked in and and they said, you know, do you mind if we sit here? But, you know, we we might be kind of loud and and we're going to be talking about this new webinar we're going to do. And I said, you can sit here, but only if you will consider not doing a webinar and instead (laughs) launching a radio show. And and that was the birth of this this woman's radio show. Uh, she happened to be an attorney who dealt with uh, divorce and how to have amicable divorces. And so she launched this very popular radio show. And you know, and it was all out of this disdain that I have for the webinar format, which to me is just a very very thinly veiled commercial. Yes, I completely agree with you. My story with webinars is I saw so many people doing webinars and people launching programs teaching you how to do webinars and how to make money with webinars and how to get leads with webinars. And I thought, 
uh, about last year, I said, okay, you know, maybe I'll start doing webinars and I'll do them every week. Like I think I saw John Lee Dumas <laughs> doing a webinar for podcast writers every week. I'm like, well, it works for him. Let me do it. And so I started doing webinars and, and you know, it's all about the time and when you're doing it live and getting people to be there. So I would go to my office Thursdays at 7 p.m. And again, like I've got kids, so I'm like scheduling this in outside of my normal work hours and I'm going to do my webinars. And for two or three weeks, I did them. I was promoting them on my podcast saying, you know, live webinar every single week and there's going to be replays. And and after a couple of weeks, I realized I had people there live. I had people engaging with me and that was exciting. But the common theme with all my attendees is they said, Jessica, we love you and we love this content and I can't wait till I can afford to hire you one day. Like, okay, this is uh, (laughs) not what I need to be spending my Thursday nights doing, talking to people who can't afford to hire me. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It was nice for the ego, not for the bank account, though. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and and again, I want to come back to this whole notion of the power of celebrity because uh, I I started to mention, so in in my new book, the the book happens to be a novel. Uh, It's a business novel uh, using kind Mm -hmm. of the allegorical style. But the characters in the book, like, all go to this off-site uh, session with their investors, and everybody expects to be really, really jazzed out of this session, and they come away mm-hmm. from it. Uh, it's it's gone horribly. Like, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And so they all scatter back, you know, to their offices, to their home, to, you know, go out for dinner or whatever it is on a Friday night, and they all happen to listen to one of my radio shows. So... They're, you know, the focus isn't on me in, in the book. It's really on who they're listening to. So it's Bob Berg and it's, you know, mm-hmm. just these amazing uh, authors that I've had had the, the pleasure of interviewing over the years. And, and so they all come back together having their lives changed by having listened to one of those uh, radio shows. Mm. And, and so, again, even in the launch of my own book as an author, I am leveraging the power of celebrity of the people I've interviewed on my radio show. Yeah. So, I, you know, I've taken it kind of to the nth degree of, of mm-hmm. rocking both sides of the podcast because uh, I get the benefit of their celebrity. Um, you know, I develop my own celebrity and particularly with my current branding because branding does matter and and you have a whole yeah. chapter on positioning and mm-hmm. and so I want you to talk about that because uh you know a name is important um you know I I think it is so uh tempting to name things after yourself right yeah but yes. if you can really tell people what they're going to get out of it as a result of listening to the show, it's way more beneficial. It's like my yeah. my consulting firm is called Solutions. Well, you don't have mm-hmm. to think very hard <laughs> to, to figure out that I'm a problem solver, right? Yes. And, and yes. you know, likewise, you're not going to come to this radio broadcast <laughs> to learn about incremental things that you can do in your business. <laughs> I have so much to say about this because I've rebranded a few different times. So my podcast for a long time, for over two years, was called Roads to Success, and my last name is Rose, that's how I spelled Rose, and it was a really cute play on words, and it kind of was really general, you know, Roads to Success, like, I mean, mostly talking about business and marketing, then niche down more to just about podcasting, and and it was so funny, because I'm sitting with a friend of mine who, you know, has a similar style business model, and and, uh, we're just kind of having to talk about our businesses, and he goes, 
Um, you know, it's like, what are you going to do like differently this year? What are you going to do to really stand out? I was like, I don't know. This is in January. So everyone's thinking about what they're going to do in the new year. And he's like, you know what? I think you need to get out of your own way. And I was like, what? <laughs> now you, get, you love those friends that really give you know, they talk to you straight. And he's like, your whole personal brand, like has nothing to do with your business. Like why, you know, essentially why is your show called roads to success and you're building up your public figure brand, but really my business interview connections, it's an agency style business. I've got employees. Right. I have a service that is not, you know, it's, I'm not a business coach. I'm not a business consultant where people need to necessarily know who I am. So that really hit home. And so I chose to rebrand my podcast instead of calling it roads to success for, well, I changed the name to, I just called it interview connections. And then three episodes later, um, after about three or four episodes, I had a business coaching day scheduled with uh, Allie Brown, actually. And, and she said, I think your show needs to be called Rock the Podcast because I have no idea what interview connections means. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> one more time, I rebranded. It's now called Rock the Podcast. And it's pretty straightforward, like what you're going to learn. You're going to learn how to rock the podcast. So I kind of got it. out of my own way, stopped worrying about the ego of, of the Jessica Rhodes public figure brand because that really wasn't doing much to build my core business and where I actually make money. So branding well, and, is really and I'll important. add to that, it also, mm-hmm. when you name something after yourself, you imprison yourself for life because oh, you can gosh, never yeah. turn the business over to someone else to run because it mm-hmm. retains your name and people keep wondering where you are. And and oh, I, yeah. I don't know whether it was dumb luck for me or whether I was actually being strategic, but I when I first formed my consulting firm 20 years ago, um, you know, I, I didn't name it after myself. I, I picked a mm-hmm. name. Now, it wasn't the name that survived, right? And I, I've right. gone through several rounds of rebranding on the uh-huh. corporate side uh, and had a partnership with, with someone else for a while, and, and the business kind of had a clever name that, that uh, related back to his name. And, and uh, then when he and I split... Uh, I went online and it was like, what can I be, right? It's like, well, well, who yeah. am I? Well, I, I solve problems for people. And, you know, it was like one in the morning and I found solutions with a Z on the end. And I thought, well, you know, that, that Z thing, you know, is kind of that clever thing. But, yeah. but still, it was short and it was a single word. And I, when my husband woke up, you know, like at 530, it's like, honey, can I, can I have $5,000 to buy this URL? <laughs> And oh you know, the rest gosh. is history on that wow. because it, and it was really worth it. I mean, it it has been a, a great name to use for a lot of different things. And um, yeah. so let's let's move on to talking about um, rocking the interview because I don't want to skip over that because that is clearly yeah. core to what you are sharing with people. But I, but I want to pretty quickly get to the point of how do you get a return on investment of investing the time on either side of the mic. Absolutely. So rocking the podcast um, from both sides of the mic is all about leveraging the power of relationships. You know, podcasting is somewhat of a inexpensive publicity strategy. I don't use the word publicity very often when I'm talking about podcasting because you're in typically in front of pretty small audiences. Now, whether that's 5,000 or 100, in the grand scheme of all things PR, they're pretty small audiences, but the key is they are really niche. And the most value that I see both guest experts and podcasters 
receive from podcasting is through comes by way of the relationship with the person who they're actually having a conversation with. This interview, this radio show is going to be heard by um, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of, of people that listen to you um, and listen to your radio show. But uh, unfortunately, I don't talk with them. <laughs> they hear our conversation. But I am having a conversation with you, Chickie. So, you know, the value comes out of that person that you're able to engage with back and forth. We'll both walk away now knowing each other so much better than we did before. So I really see the value of podcasting as the people that you actually connect with for interviews. Um, and then the listeners are this added bonus, this added benefit of like, have it's like you're having coffee with somebody, but everyone else in the coffee shop is actually listening in. And some one of those right. people might reach out and say, hey, I want to talk to you even more. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it, it just, it really is so much fun because the listeners are here because they want to be. And so they're yeah. the most targeted listeners. In fact, I, I think mm-hmm. in many ways, if you take a look at, at traditional, what I will call terrestrial radio, which is, mm-hmm. you know, what radio uh, station are you on? And I happen to be driving home during this time and I'm listening to your show uh, because I'm in the car, right? Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily your target audience for whatever that is. And and those of us who do still listen to radio, and I'm I'm an AM radio talk show junkie, as you would mm-hmm. you would imagine I would be. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, but there are shows that I do turn off, and I I turn them off mm-hmm. uh, either because the, there's one that I'm not sure that I disagree with the host, but his voice makes me nuts. <laughs> And it's so grating. And the minute he comes on, I turn it off. And then there's another guy who's on in the morning when I'm dropping my son off uh, for school. And he has this ridiculous, um, like, it's a joke that's on from 7.55 to 8 o'clock every morning. And I like the rest mm-hmm. of his show. But it's it's a, I don't know, it's like a, a redneck joke that goes yeah. on for five minutes. It's like this redneck oh. rant. And I have to turn it off every single time. Yeah. So, you know, this whole issue of rocking the interview and, and, and whichever side of the mic you're on, uh, knowing your audience and tailoring your show to your audience is, is what has really made me successful over the years because my audience are executives. And whether they work for yeah. somebody else uh, you know, in a corporate environment or want to be working on their own and, and continually listen to entrepreneurial style content to get up the courage, you know, to be a corporate escape artist, which I call uh, what they do, um, mm-hmm. you know, you have to gear toward them. So let's talk about the, the getting the return on uh, investment. And, and I, mm-hmm. I'd like you to weave this into the later chapter on how to monetize and market the show. Yes. Absolutely. Podcasting, I, I actually totally, um, I, I love when a podcast is not directly monetized with sponsorships because I, I think that you can get so much more from a podcast when you're not trying to directly sell something to your audience. Mm-hmm. My clients that see the greatest ROI, it's actually not so much about a direct sale of a product or a service, but it's the impact that the conversations have on you personally. Um, we have uh, we we interviewed on our podcast a client of ours, Pat Hyben, and he's a real estate. Um, he teaches people how to become real estate agents, and and he said there's that is an industry where it's so cutthroat. People are so competitive, but when he got into podcasting, he noticed that other 
real estate podcasters were so open to having him on their show and then being on his show and it was about helping each other. So podcasting can really actually impact your mindset. You can become a more abundant person and not think so much about competition, but really know that when you're podcasting, you're providing free information. You are podcasting to provide valuable information to listeners without expecting them to pay for it. And so by being a giver, and I know you told me about um, Bob Berg before, and I I love Bob Berg. I've met him a few times. He's a good friend of my dad's, and he wrote the book, The Go-Giver. And when you just become such a giver and provide so much value to your audience without saying, oh, you have to pay for this, or to get the last three tips, you got to buy something, (laughs) you can actually attract so much more so the people that are the biggest givers actually get so much more in their life and in their business in the long run Uh, i mean of course we can talk about actually monetizing with advertisers and sponsorships i'm just so much more of a proponent around doing podcasting for the sake of creativity and for the sake of being a giver to your audience right right and and again for years uh you know we we didn't have any model around our show and and we were broadcasting uh only on Blog Talk Radio, and, of course, syndicating to iTunes from that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I started to notice uh, there are a whole bunch of people who are pirating Blog Talk Radio's content, and I can tell because of, of how they show and that it comes from the branding that, that had been done for years uh, on the Blog Talk mm. Radio side. And, and so I've recently made the decision uh, on that particular channel uh, to only post the first three minutes of the interviews. So that they oh, need to come over, that they need to come over to the GameChanger dot network, or we allow our radio, our, our show guests, to post the non-commercial interview because Blog Talk Radio, mm-hmm. of course, also inserts commercials, which I hate. Oh, and and on our channel, they're completely commercial free, and we allow our guests. Uh, to embed our show on their site, and they can play That's it perpetually, great. right, forever. And yeah. and my show really is a service to authors. Um, and, and again, it's a free service. We we have never ever charged anyone to be on our show. Um, but but we do select the authors that we select because they, you know, of our of our listener group, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, you know, my only desire for monetizing this any further is to syndicate that content out to other groups who you know reach the same audience and don't have the ability to you know all of a sudden put together three or four hundred shows right on the topics of leadership growth innovation you know all of the things i've been doing for the last almost 10 years so uh you know syndication is something that i'm looking at but not necessarily just the plain rss feed model uh, that you right. describe, uh, you know, which kind of sets podcasting apart. But you know, I continue to look at both because uh, mm-hmm. giving back and and providing, uh, you know, the material to help other uh, early stage early stage businesses as well as those businesses that are just stuck, right? Because there are plenty of those. Right. Um, but you know, I w- again would encourage uh, even to think about how they could use this and and to listen to your rock the podcast because um mm-hmm. i years ago i reached out to uh the folks at norwegian cruise line and mm-hmm. i convinced them that they needed to be doing a a uh, radio show for their travel agency audience and again they were doing webinars but i said don't don't do the show about your ships 
right? Let's right. do a show about the value of social media and let's have Bob Berg on the show or, or yeah. let's, let's have uh, this other author that, that uh, specializes in selling luxury goods to the masses and let's have her on and let's talk about selling luxury, right? Let's not talk about selling your suites on your ship, but let's teach the travel agency community how to do that. And it was so powerful. We had 10,000 people live listening to each show. Wow. That's and it, I mean, those were some of the most successful shows I, I've done. And the other thing that I've done that I don't know if you have have considered is is I did some series where I was um, co-hosting uh, um, the show with someone else who had celebrity. For instance, um, uh, Robert Crossan, um, who mm-hmm. we did the show Social Mediopolis, and that was his brand. But he had never done radio shows before. So, uh, you know, I helped him do it. We interviewed, you know, Robert Scoble. And, I mean, just all these amazing names. And and so, again, I got to help him launch his show as the co-host. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, where he took it from there, you know, it was up to him. But But that was another thing that worked really well for me. Yeah, I love that. Um, co-hosting is such a great way to really expand your audience because when you host your own podcast or your own radio show, you're going to attract people. And when you add a co-host, they have a different personality, um, different perspectives, right. and a different audience, and it can really expand the reach. I actually brought in one of my employees, Margie, to co-host Rock the Podcast with me. And she's not a celebrity, right? But she brings a different personality. And because this, with her personality in the show with me, it's really you know affected the atmosphere kind of of the show. And that's expanded the kinds of people that listen to us because it it adds a different flair than if it was just me talking so I love adding co-hosts to shows and I think the key is you know my friend Glenn hosts he is the founder of the horse radio network and he gave a great tip that if you're going to co-host his story uh on the uh the movie that was done about podcasting by yes um, the messengers were you at podcast um, I wasn't, but I was at the okay. launch of the Messenger here oh. in Tampa because, of course, oh, awesome. uh, Katie and her husband live here in Tampa. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I lo- yeah, I'm good friends. Anyway, with I'm sorry. I interrupted. Yeah, I think he might have said this in the movie, so you might know, but he says, if you're going to have a co-host, you need to be able to be on vacation with them for a whole week and not want to kill them by the end of it, which I think is <laughs> such a great tip because you really have to, I mean, I, I have a co-host on Rock the Podcast and I co-host. Uh, a show called The Podcast Producers. And I also have a podcast with my husband that's very, uh, we haven't done an episode in a long time. But, you know, all of my co-hosts, I have traveled a lot with Margie. We get along really well. My other co-hosts, we travel together. And that is key. And I almost brought in another co-host. And I can't spend probably more than two days with her. So we didn't move forward with that partnership. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So... Well, it's interesting. I I had one that, and unfortunately, she's not available to me now, but um, we did a a show at the end of the week, because when I first launched my show, I was doing 16 shows a week, and and they were just 15-minute shows, but uh, once I realized the production uh, cost of doing that, I mean, cost in in time of putting together and arranging 16 different guests a week, I, I 
abandoned that pretty quickly. Oh my god! But gosh. we had a wrap up yeah, show at the end of the week where we kind of you know went through each of the guests for the week, and my my co host on that is somebody I just adore. And yes, I could go on vacation with her uh, for for more than a week, and we'd be great. Yeah. Um, it's a good but, rule of thumb, um, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, again, it also because I have the weekly obligation, you know, of doing mm-hmm. the show. If I was going to be gone. Uh, and we did have people calling in live. I needed to have somebody who could take over for me. Now, if I don't do a show yeah. on Friday, it's no big deal because we pre-record the show and and post it later. So, um, you know, I'm I'm in good shape on that. But it is one of the things that you need to think about if you do want to do this as a business or as foundational to your business. Right. Absolutely. Well, what did you learn in writing the book? Oh, that is a really good question. Um, I, you know, for me, it was the the book writing process was a learning experience because I, you know, I had done so much content marketing over the years. I had been blogging for a long time, doing so many podcast episodes, and and I came to write the book because I had so much helpful content in so many different places that I really wanted one place that I could point people to, that I could point my target audience to. And I I really learned that there was a need for this information in the marketplace. A lot of other podcasting books are very targeted at kind of people that were very like into podcasting, whereas I wanted to teach people that maybe were just new to podcasting or they're specifically right. entrepreneurs. They didn't want to geek out about microphones and RSS feeds, but they wanted to know, all right, what's this whole podcasting thing about and how can I leverage it without totally becoming a podcast nerd along the way. So <laughs> for me, it was really just about learning what people wanted to hear. Um, I've done surveys with my clients to learn about what topics are most needed um, for both my show and, and for the book. So it was a learning experience and just listening and, and hearing what information was most needed by by my target audience. Right, right. Well, Jessica, it has been really terrific to spend this time. And again, we we could spend a long time talking about all of this, mm-hmm. but I would really encourage anyone who has ever even thought about doing this. And again, whichever side of the mic you think you want to be on, uh, you know, it is it is actually great fun. And my husband to this day, he'll come home uh, early on a Friday and he'll say, "Now, now, tell me again why you're doing this show." And I mean, this has been 10 years, right? And, it, and yeah. he, he would say it every week if he could. And every week I say the same thing, that I so look forward to it. This is actually the high point of my week. And I consider this my doctorate degree, right? Mm-hmm. So every week I am getting educated on topics that I'm passionate about and our listeners are passionate about. And, you know, and the beautiful thing about whether you call it a podcast or you call it an online radio show is the accessibility of the information and being able to go back and listen to just what you care about, right? And and so for folks like me who aggregate that content into one place so that like the TED.com site, you can go Mm -hmm. and if you've got 30 minutes, you can find shows that fit within that or you can find shows on a particular topic. Um, You know, that's really all about is providing that all in one place, right? Um, But anyway, I I really encourage people to pick up a a copy of this book. And again, the book is called Rock the Podcast – 
from both sides of the mic. We've been talking to Jessica Rhodes. And Jessica, can you tell folks the best way to reach you? Yeah, interviewconnections.com is the best um, place to go to connect with me and learn about what we do. And I'm on social media, too. It's pretty easy to find me. But, yeah, interviewconnections.com is the best site to check out if you're interested in doing podcast interviews. Well, that is just fabulous. And, and again, Jessica, thank you so much for your time. And thank you to our listeners. And, again, we are here to help you change the game in your business. And this is a big one. It may not be something that you've thought about or that seems logical for you, but I really encourage you, if you want to grow your business, change your game, think about things. Jessica, again, if you'll just hang on for a second, I'm going to let our guests go, and I'd love to keep you on for just a second. Thanks again for listening, and go out and change your game. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas. Inspiration. Innovation. With Chickie Fitzgerald. Oh, 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 oh,